And we all have those areas. Everybody has things that just take forever to do. Or no matter the best effort you put in, it's like it's not working the way it's supposed to. That's your clue. I need to start either making friends with someone that this is their genius or looking for team members, experts outsourced to other freelancers that can help you there. Welcome and thanks for listening to The Freelancer's Friend, brought to you by AspectAvenue.com, helping freelancers and solopreneurs to create lasting and sustainable success. Remember to subscribe, leave a review if you can, and please share the podcast with your freelancer friends. Hello, Tonya. Thanks for joining us. A lot of freelancers like to do everything themselves uh, for a variety of reasons. Maybe they don't think they need a team or they're reluctant to trust other people to do things the right way and so on. Uh, But what would you say are the best reasons for getting a team together, even if you don't believe you need one? A team is really important. And when I say team, I'm not talking about employees. I'm not necessarily talking about paying experts, but having a support network where you can focus on your genius because a freelancer's revenue, a freelancer's success is maximized when you're able to focus on your genius. If you are having to spend hours wading through areas of your business that are not your specialty, you're actually losing money. Where if you partner with other freelancers, trade services, or if you pay a freelancer to do a piece of your business that is not your genius, you actually can make more money and come out more profitable in the long run. It could be that you are a genius at copywriting, but the actual graphic piece of a marketing package is something that you can do because you have the skills. I mean, freelancers are amazingly skilled, but you get bogged down in the minutiae and it takes you hours to do something that if someone who's a graphic designer, it would take them 10 minutes. So you've lost hours of your genius and hours of revenue producing when you could have just outsourced it yourself. So freelancers can outsource to other freelancers. Freelancers can trade services with other freelancers, or they can hire experts, or they can create a team of freelancers who work collectively, but independently. You were telling me earlier that you know somebody who does that, who has a whole team, permanent team of outsourced people. She does. That works really well for her. She's amazing. She started out as a VA and just doing things, but she had so many people wanting her services that she has brought together a team of independent freelancers. She brings in the business because she's a genius at it. Marketing is her her realm. And then she has all of these freelancers that work with her that she says, oh, I have a graphics project. I have this person that is on my team. She's the one billing the client. The freelancer bills her. It's really simple and it works 
amazingly well. And she can now offer a much wider client service and still focus on her genius. And of course, there's another obvious thing is the time saving that um, is just as important as the money making. And it can even lead to making a lot more money by having more free time to focus on the the nitty gritty on the business itself rather than in the business. Oh, absolutely. I'll give you an example for my own business. I am a business consultant by nature. I am very analytical. I am very um, fact data driven. I can create graphics. I can create things for my social media. I can do those pieces. I'm a solopreneur myself. But when I'm spending that time creating those graphics, which by the way, takes me forever because I'm a perfectionist mm -hmm. and I want it just so. I can understand that. <laughs> I can't do the revenue generating things in my business because while those graphics make great pictures on my social media or for my blog, they're not making me money to charge clients. So if, when I outsource that service and have someone else build those graphics for me, it co costs me minimal compared to the revenue I can generate in the same amount of time. So it's that trade-off where you free up a ton of your time and you become a lot more profitable, even though you're paying an expense. Because you're not really paying an expense, you're investing in your business and you're investing in your time. You talk about setting up a freelance or self-employed business like a business, not just a hobby or a side hustle. Could you tell us more about what you mean? So many freelancers <clears throat> sorry, start their business as I'm going to dabble. I'm going to do this job for someone. I'm going to do that job for someone. And they may have another job already. And they're slowly building those extra jobs so that they can quit the job they don't want to do. But they don't set up a business. They're maybe just sending an Excel form to as an invoice and they're putting the money directly in their personal accounts. They're not setting up an accounting system so they can see what expenses they're actually putting out for their freelancing and how much money they're bringing in. Or they're just kind of paying for Facebook ads or paying for the premium um, ad on the posting site that, where they're advertising their services but they're not tracking those expenses. So when they go back and like, well, I don't know why I'm not making any money. I'm working really hard. It's really hard to make that differentiation when you have not created a business that is gonna operate. Also, depending on where you are in the world, if you don't set up a separate business to operate from, if you have a complaint, if you have a client unsatisfied and they try and take legal action against you, you now don't have a business they can take legal action against. It's all of you and your person 
and all of your personal assets and all of your personal money when had you separated them, it is a business that they can go after, but not any of things that are personal to you. Um, And it's also for burnout purposes. If you don't create and work on a business, setting your business hours, setting up your systems, you're like the hamster running on the wheel and you're always going and you're always scrambling and you're always doing and you never get that break and you never get a chance to reset because what if I miss something? What if I don't do this? What if I haven't? What if I creating those systems in your business to know this is how I work. This is how I need to pay my bills. This is how I need to run my email system. This is how I do it all instead of the scramble and the piece here and the piece there. When you have it all laid out and you have a plan, even as a freelancer, you have a plan for your business. It's just different than what traditional brick and mortar businesses look like. So separating business from your personal life completely is the wise way forward or otherwise? Otherwise the business takes, the business takes over your life and the business now has control of your life and has control of more than it should. And that's where it's really important to have that distinction, even when you're working out of your home, even when you're sharing your living room with your business, it still needs to have its separate systems, its separate processes, and separate ways to be able to track whether what you're doing is making money, whether what where you're spending your money is giving you the biggest impact it could, And are you bringing in enough money to cover your expenses or is everything else taking over? One of the things when you're trying to set up your business and set up your team is part of your plan has to be, I know what I need. I know what I can do. And this is what I see from a lot of people who are freelancers, a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners. They are amazing at their genius, but the backside of their business, that stuff that they need to set up when they're planning, is outside of their scope of work. It is outside. So they focus on doing the trade, doing the work and like I'm just going to ignore that other stuff and this is where building your team can help you because if you are not good on the financial side of things that is not your comfort zone it overwhelms you partner with a bookkeeper who needs some amazing skills that you have or hire a bookkeeper because I will tell you What they can do in the amount of time, the money is well worth it. That's part of building that team is I know money is not my strong suit. Not true for me, but it happens for a lot of freelancers. 
partnering with someone, whether it's a bookkeeper you outsource to, whether it's a friend you trade with, or it's a CPA or accountant that you hire as an expert. Three different ways down the road, you could bring a bookkeeper onto your team of freelancers that you use and trade services. All kinds of different ways, but knowing where your weak points are, knowing where you need help in your business system is how to know where you need to look for team members. And that should start in the planning and in the setup of your business. But I'll be very real. When you are first starting out, you can't build that team yet. It's you. It's your genius, your baby, and you have to build it and you have to know what you want. But in that building process, you also have to recognize the areas that are taking you away and the areas that you just don't get. And we all have those areas. Everybody has things that just take forever to do. Or no matter the best effort you put in, it's like it's not working the way it's supposed to. That's your clue. I need to start either making friends with someone that this is their genius or looking for team members, experts outsourced to other freelancers that can help you there. So that when you're ready, and that may be a few months, that could be a year, it could be the next day. You're like, I'm done struggling. I'm going to give this to an expert so I can focus where I need to focus to bring money into my business. Okay, so once somebody understands that they need to start building a team, what would you say is the best way to go about finding the right people? It's, uh, I'm guessing it's a lot to do with having built up a, net, a support network. It is all about the networking. Absolutely. Building up the support network, but in your experiences with clients, in your experiences with people within your profession, talk to them. How do you do this? What are you doing? Um, Making as many connections as you can outside of your field gives you the light bulb moments of, aha, you're exactly who I need. You're exactly what I need. Um, And that can be online networking events, which in the last year have become exponentially available um, and easy to access. There are a lot of free networking opportunities and get into Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups, start making contacts. Um, There's so many free trainings out there that you can make connections with people learn from them and develop teams, develop your skills so that when you're ready to build that team, you're like, 
I actually like this person and I want to work with them. I want to help support their business, which is going to grow my business and make those connections that way. But it's definitely business has to include whether you work on your own in your own apartment, in your own space, you really should never be alone in business. You should have that network of support. And especially right now, over the last year, having that network of support, when things go totally haywire, because they do, to have someone to boost you up, to say, okay, I realize that your whole avenue of revenue has disappeared, but let's think about it. How can we flip your business on its ear to get you rolling again? Do you think it's worth setting up a contract straight away or having some kind of agreement um, so that you can see if you are happy working with each other? It depends on the situation. It depends on the person. I really recommend, if at all possible, have as many interactions with the person as you can so that you can really see, does it work? But then when you're like, you know, this is, I can see myself comfortable working with this person because you're trusting them with a part of your business, then absolutely start a contract. But make the contract short, make the contract very specific so that you are giving one piece to start. I want you to do this and I want to see how it works. And then as you have those successful moments and those successful interactions, expand the contract, expand the services, expand the length of time to allow that to happen. But definitely don't jump in with both feet signing a 12-month contract for a huge amount of services until you really know, yes, this is the right fit. This is the right um, person. But you definitely want to have at least a couple of good conversations and understand where each other are. Um, so many times you hear someone had success with this other person and you're like, okay, that's who I need. So I'm just going to go sign a contract and they're going to fix whatever I need them to fix. But maybe they don't work in your style. They don't work how you need them to work. And that's my biggest pet peeve with so many experts is they don't honor where the business owner is, where the freelancer is, and what is important to them. They do the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You should be doing this. You could have done this. It's like, no, you are doing these amazing things. Let's get you to where you want to be. And if you have someone coming in telling you you're doing things wrong, it's not the probably the best fit for you. No, no. What are some other important things to know when you're trying to build a team? One of the things that you really have to think about when you're building a team and looking at, I'm going to give part of my 
outcomes to someone else. I need someone else to give me the results. You have to think about what is it that you need them to do? What do you need to get off of your to-do list? As a freelancer in your own business, you're wearing about 20 hats of marketing, production, delivery, customer service, all of those things. What are you trying to move from your plate of to-dos to someone else? And what outcome do you need as a result? Here's the challenging thing when you're talking about building a team and giving someone else part of what you need. When we've done it ourselves and we know how to do it and we know what we want, so many times we get bogged down in the process and we want to dictate how they do it. The important thing when you're outsourcing, when you're giving something, just like when your clients ask you to do a job, your client isn't telling you how to do the job. They're telling you what they need in return. You're essentially doing the same thing when you're building the team. I need a profit and loss statement every month. How you generate that profit and loss statement, how you do that, I'm not going to dictate that to you, but I need that result. Or I need social media images for a month or blog posts or whatever it might be. And here's the topics I might want. Deliver me a final project. So many times, and I have clients that I've worked with, they get bogged down in the delegating those tasks to, well, they're not going to do it like I did it. And you're right, they're not. But is that important? Is how they do it important or is the deliverable result important? Because you're no longer going to be wearing that hat. You're no longer in charge of that task. How they do it is not important unless there are a few situations where the how does matter. There are some trades. There are some processes. The how, if you don't develop a photo right or if you don't do printing correctly, it's a problem. But for the most part, if someone is doing a job, they know the process that works and they can give you a deliverable result. In the beginning, when you are first contracting something out like that, you are going to give a ton of feedback. You are going to say, I love this. This is exactly what I needed. Or, okay, I see what you did. I see this, but I need it to be different. I need this different result. How can we make that happen? And so that feedback back and forth, especially the first few times that you're giving a project, giving a task, or when you're initially outsourcing your finances, any of those things, that feedback is really important because if you're like, well, it's okay 
it's technically good enough, but it's not what you would want. It was not what you would deliver or what you would find acceptable. You need to communicate that because what happens is you get busy. It's good enough for the moment, but three, four, five times down the road, you're frustrated because it's not what you want. And you need to make that determination. Is that a person problem? Is the person doing it just not listening to what you are giving them? Or is it a communication where you're not giving the right information or they're not explaining on the other end? One of the things that I tell business owners, freelancers, especially when it comes to your finances, you don't have to know how to create a cash flow statement. You don't have to know how to create your profit and loss statement, your balance sheet. But you do need to understand what those numbers are and where they're coming from. So if you're working with a bookkeeper, you're working with an accountant, and they are um, giving you reports and giving you information, but you're not understanding them, are you getting the value that you need by paying them? So this is where it's really important to think about it and ask questions and say, well, I thank you for giving me this information, but I don't get it. I need you to explain it to me. And this is where building that relationship and that rapport through networking, through those initial engagements is really important so that that person is comfortable in understanding their role in what you need them Mm. to do. And that's one way of getting past um, wanting to micromanage somebody too much is to allow a a bit of time uh, to do a few, few jobs. Absolutely. Well, and it's so hard as a business owner, as a freelancer, not to micromanage. It is so hard because many of us, I include myself, are very much perfectionists in certain parts of our business. And things need to be a certain way. But we all have different experiences. We all have different backgrounds. So how we get those results are a little bit different. And that's where that communication, when you're building a team, communication and talking and understanding is really important. But as a freelancer, and like I have created job overviews for freelancers to hire other freelancers. And we dig into, you know, what are your expectations? What is it that you actually want this person to deliver to you? What is it that you expect them to use? What knowledge do you need them to have? And how do you want to work with them? What does that and really dive into those deep specifics so that the person that you are contracting with understands you expect regular communication on a daily, weekly basis, or you don't want to talk to them until they have the final project done. 
And any of that is possible and any of that works. But if you're not really straightforward and really diving into what's important to you, if you start contracting with someone to do a job, they think they just have to talk to you when they are delivering their final project, but you want feedback along the way, what does this look like? Or you want approval processes along the way, but that was not built in in that original discussion, you're both going to get frustrated and you're both going to be even more overwhelmed because it's not working the way you want it to work. So it's putting that groundwork, just like in building your business, putting that plan in place. When you're building a team, you really have to think about giving those jobs. What does that mean? But once you've done it, in order to take the overwhelm away or to take the extra chaos away, you have to give them the authority and the responsibility to do it. You can't worry about whether they're doing it the right way. When they give you the results, you're going to see whether they did it the way you needed them to do it or not. Uh, And how do you exactly help people through these matters? Do you kind of just support them as they're building a team? What is your, what are your services exactly? And how, how do you help? I help in a lot of different ways. Like I mentioned, I've worked with freelancers and helping them design a process to find other freelancers they want to work with. I have worked with graphic designer who works with other freelance graphic designers, but she is very particular because the products, the services that she offers her clients have a standard and she had standard things that needed to be done. So I helped her to develop, like I said, the job overview, going into the specifics, the specific software and systems that she needed. But then I also helped her develop a system to start that screening process, to see who and what they, the person was to make sure that they could work within her ecosystem so that she was comfortable that they were the right fit for her organization, even though they're an independent contractor, they're a freelancer, when they're working with her and delivering final projects for their clients, it has to look seamless as one. So it was developing the job overview, developing what she wanted to see as part of that initial contact process, seeing their skills, their abilities. It was developing sets of questions because in this situation, she was reaching out cold to freelancers because she'd already tapped her network and she was looking and starting to advertise on sites like Upwork Um, And there's a few other for freelancers that were great for graphic designers and she was putting it out there. So it was creating those questions that got a little deeper in their experience, a little deeper in their personalities to make sure that they could communicate, that they could work together both collaboratively if they're doing 
multiple projects for one client. Um, but then it was, you know, this is what the onboarding process is going to look like when you're bringing a freelancer on to serve your clients. For me, every business, every freelancer, every person I work with is different. It is unique. And I want to give resources. I want to give support to help them achieve what they want. I have another client who is a classic micromanager. She is a classic micromanager. She, when she delegates, she gets lost in the minutia and wants every step, even when it's completely irrelevant to the process, done. And then she's checking on the back end. And so part of what I work with her on is, why are you doing that? You are telling me you have too much to do, but you're creating more work for yourself. So let's, and I've sat down with her and her team and said, okay, we're, we're drawing some lines in the sand. And if somebody decides to get out of their lane of genius, you just need to give a gentle reminder. You know, you gave this job to me. I'm going to work on it. I will let you know when it's done. I will let you know when, or let me know if you need something specific, but you're not working on this right now. Brilliant. How can people find out more about that, about your services or, or contact you? Um, they can find me on LinkedIn at Tanya Souls. Uh, on Facebook, I have a Facebook business page, Souls Consulting. I also have a Facebook group for savvy small business leaders, which is most of which are solopreneurs, freelancers, and entrepreneurs. Um, And then also my email, tanya at soulsconsulting.com. There's also my website, soulsconsulting.com as well. Okay, thank you very much for being with us. Some very interesting and useful stuff there that's uh, been very helpful to me too. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you too for listening. For more freelancer help, it's free forever to be a member at aspectavenue.com where you'll have access to our private community, receive a weekly email with freelancer news and advice, and more great benefits as Aspect Avenue develops. Find any links mentioned in this episode in the show notes. If you like The Freelancer's Friend, subscribe to the show. Leave a review if you can, as it helps us to get noticed. And please share the podcast with your freelancer friends. Until next time, check out our past episodes. And remember, you're the best freelancer out there. Thank you.